today, the latest with Russia and Ukraine. And is there war brewing between China and Taiwan? We've got all that and more coming up. And it all starts right now. Welcome, welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Yes, I am back at home once again. Uh, I don't know what to tell you about that. Texas just completely freaks out anytime there is cold weather. But I am joined today by uh, my good friends, Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program. And also, I, Jason, I'd like to just call you just foreign relations expert of the news and why it matters. Can I just do that? Yeah, yeah. It's it's either an invasion just happened or there's a 3,000 page document that just released when you guys have me on. Love it. Yes. Well, I mean, jack of all trades, so it's <laughs> fine. Uh, also joining us, we have Yaku Buyans, host of The Bottom Line and also Blaze TV contributor. Yaku, thank you for being here as well. Thank you. Jason, We you get called on more than that, brother. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. You don't want to undersell yourself. Um, no. So, guys, I know we have I know we have a lot to get into. I know a lot has uh, transpired specifically in Ukraine since the last show. But um, I want to first uh, thank our sponsor, Omega XL. So Omega XL is there for those of you who have reached the age that you don't want to discuss, like maybe I have, where you just have these random aches and pains or you completely throw your back out from like lifting your toddler. And it really, it, it humbles you because you're like, wow, I didn't realize I was that age again. But it also really affects your day-to-day -day life. Uh, you know, you can't run around with your kids. You can't do the things that you used to be able to do. Don't let your life be like that. You got to try Omega XL. It is uh, an all natural, which men are going to be like, oh, all natural. It doesn't work. No, no, it does. It's drug free. It is a natural way to combat the inflammation in your body, which oftentimes is the root cause of your pain. You've got these joint arthritis, aches and pains, and you don't realize it's inflammation that is causing it. Omega XL will neutralize the inflammation, get to that root cause and shut it down. It really can be life-changing. So uh, if you have not yet tried it and you are living in pain, I urge you to try this. It will change your entire life. You can go to uh, omegaxl.com slash news. If you order one bottle, you will get a second bottle for free over at omegaxl.com slash news. Jason, I, I want you to, to give a brief overview of what all has transpired within the last, you know, I guess overnight, because I feel like yesterday evening uh, we were, I was, I was staying abreast of the news and I was seeing, oh crap, Russia is launching what appears to be, I mean, a full scale invasion into Ukraine. Uh, there's explosions going off in Kyiv. Um, I just Ukrainians running for shelter, running for safety. Uh, the highways were just completely backed up, just standstill traffic of people trying to get out of town. Just a really uh, scary situation that it looked like there in Ukraine, everywhere in Ukraine. Is that is that accurate? Um, somewhat. Um, so what we're seeing right now, and it actually kicked off uh, a little after 4 a.m., uh, Ukraine time. And uh, that was interesting because it was actually journalists that got the word that that was probably going to happen. And they got it hours before the actual invasion did kick off. 
Um, but they called it right. The invasion did go off exactly when when they said it would early at wee hours of the morning. Um, but what you're seeing is is the conventional, uh, a, a very conventional invasion beginning. It's nothing like what we saw in 2014 when it was the little green men going into Crimea um, and then the, uh, you know, quote unquote, you know, pro-Russian sympathizers, which was really just Russia anyway, helping them out taking Eastern Ukraine. Now, this is completely different. So what you saw with the explosions, and as of now, at least as of about 30 minutes ago, uh, it is over 150 missiles that were fired uh, into Ukraine from Russia. That was from Belarus. Uh, we also had uh, missiles coming in from Crimea, also missiles coming over from uh, mainland Russia. Um, but what they're doing is they're targeting command and control. Um, that is generals, uh, that is uh, dip or, um, actual government officials, people that are in charge of sending out you know, the war orders for on the Ukraine side. And they're also hitting air defense uh, assets to make sure that they can then fly in their uh, air assets like helicopters, jets, bombers, things of that uh, nature. Um, they are very close to losing their air assets at this point, which is not a good sign. Um, once that, that phase of the war uh, uh, ends up concluding, then they'll start moving into trying to take more airports, airfields, um, military installations, um, and then swallowing up more territory. Um, the Russian casualties uh, are so far being reported by the Ukraine government are kind of high. Uh, 350 uh, that from what I saw from the Ukraine is saying that they've killed the Russians. That's high. That's not something that they uh, probably anticipated or that's at least in the high end of what they anticipated. Uh, the Ukrainian uh, uh, health uh, uh, department is saying that around 57 Ukrainians have been killed. So heavily skewed there. Um, but again, the only source we have now is the Ukrainian government. So just take that with a grain of salt. Um, the, the, the casualties could be a lot higher or lower on each side. But I think the point here is, is that um, Ukraine is fighting back. They're not being a pushover in this. They're heavily outmatched. Um, the future for them is very, very bleak. Um, Russia has all the advantage here. Um, but right now, uh, I think Russia is trying to keep this from getting too out of hand when it moves into the urban areas because that's ukraine's strategy right now they're going to fall back fall back fall back fall back into the cities into the urban areas then let it be a war of attrition and see if they can force russia to either concede or kind of pull back because you know the, their goal then would be to just incur so many russian casualties that they start losing the will to fight or back home which we're already seeing right now protests will start erupting in places like moscow st petersburg Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Yaku, I want to get your thoughts on everything that's going on. And then, Jason, you set the scene for us. So I want to hear from Yaku. And then I want you, Jason, to also weigh in on your uh, your opinion. This is, of course, the news and why it matters. So why it matters to uh, us here in America. Yaku, go ahead. Yeah, I think this is straight out of the playbook. I'm watching this. I was getting up to see if I had the art of war in my in my studio, but I didn't. I wanted to hold it up, Jason. And say here's Sun Tzu, the art of war, straight out of the playbook. They're going to take out those assets. But I think Ukraine, because if you are weaker in your defense mechanisms, you will draw in, right? It's kind of what we saw in the Middle East when you guys went in. Bring them in, bring them into the tunnels and the dungeons, or bring them closer so we can cause damage to them as well, hopefully to a degree high enough that their loved ones back home can protest. But what's most interesting for me is what the rest of Europe is doing, and particularly Belarus. You know, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, later. But it's, it's very interesting to see what the rest of Europe is doing. France, 
I'm paying close attention to Europe. I, I, you know, I know, Jason, what's happening inside the Ukraine, but Europe right now, I'm watching. They say they're watching us. I'm watching Europe. Of course, we're going to cover a story later on with, with uh, China. But I'm watching Boris and, and you know, and uh, France and just all the other, you know, NATO and EU allies to see how they're behaving. And there for me, I expected, to be honest with you, because I watched this through the night, a little more of a robust response from Europe. Um, so it's almost like they didn't expect for it actually to happen, Jason, and now it happened. And it's like, oh, okay, we got to move. You know, we got to do something here. So it's interesting. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm still. And, and Jason, I want to. I want to. I want to also just throw into the conversation uh, that I, I was reading a report that um, Boris Johnson was the first one to actually act on all of these uh, freezing Russian bank assets, and then of course Joe Biden announced um, earlier today new sanctions on Russia and limitations on what can be exported to Russia uh, in response to all of this invasion. So, uh, you know, again, I don't think Putin gives a crap about sanctions, but um, Jason, I'll, I'll let you speak to that. Yeah, the, the sanctions that Biden has announced uh, will not deter uh, the Russians. They, they just will not. Um, they've been building up ever since 2014 when sanctions hit them last time, um, you know, safeguards and ways to get around the sanctions. Now, the sanctions, it's interesting because today, I could not believe it if you were watching Biden speak, but he actually a asked a question from a reporter and uh, he said that the sanctions were never meant to deter what Russia was going to do, which... Guys, this is why they don't let Biden answer questions after you yeah. usually shovel him right out the door because he's yeah. not wasn't supposed to say that. And it was really interesting. His national security advisor, Sullivan, and his vice president, Kamala, they've been saying over the past week that the sanctions they'd prepared were specifically designed to deter Putin's actions. Uh, so get your messaging straight there. I think they know for a fact, actually, that, you know, exactly what Biden let out of the bag today is that yeah well yeah they were never going to deter it was just meant to look like we actually gave a crap and are going to do something about this um the sanctions as is i think that they they're they're more designed to inflict pain in the long run um so you know they're conceding pretty much that this is going to be very bad for ukraine they will probably lose ukraine in the short term but then over time it'll be so painful for russia uh that you know russia will have to give something up or will have to give in um, but, we're, but right now, I mean, what they're looking for now, like what, if you're, you're in Ukraine right now, you're like, what can you do for me now? You know, what have you done mm -hmm. lately? That's right. What they're asking. Yeah. And things that they could do that would cause pause. Biden said today he's not going to do them. He's, he's, he's not going to sanction by, uh, Putin. Why not? Do you believe in this or not? They're not, not going to do um, sanctions on SWIFT or cut uh, Russia off from SWIFT. Um, and if you don't know what SWIFT is, SWIFT is basically the global financial system. It's how, or it's how transactions are made country to country. So in other words, uh, you know, Russia gets what, 50% or more of their, uh, of their um, GDP from oil and gas? Uh, I'm sorry, like 80%? Well, you're going to cut off probably about 50% of that income. So yes, that's an immediate bam. I mean, that crippled Iran when that happened. So yeah. administration is talking tough, but everything they're doing yeah. isn't tough at all, really. And yeah. I, I, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. No, sorry. Go oh, ahead, I was, I, 
Well, I was just going to say, um, you know, you mentioned that, and I also think it's worth throwing into the conversation. He keeps talking about sanctions, but wouldn't the biggest sanction be for us to maintain some sort of energy independence? Because Absolutely. I mean, well, they're getting all of this money funneled to them th just through all of the oil and gas. You don't even have to sanction. You just go back to Trump's policy. We're going to go right. energy independent. We don't even have to. We just starve you out. Well, that's but what I'm saying. Like that—that yeah. that would be the greatest sanction that you yeah, that absolutely. you would think that you could consider. The, the sanctions, to Jason's point, though, Swift was the tool. And when he didn't pull the Swift sanction, I knew this is softball. You're talking a big game. You get in the ring and you're not throwing any punches. This all talk. It's all just political theater again because SWIFT would hurt them. But the sanctions they're imposing at the moment, and correct me, Jason, if I'm wrong here, it's going to hurt the Russian people. They're not going to have food. They're not going to eat. They're going to, Putin doesn't care. He'll kill half his own nation. He does not care about his own people. This is a power grab. Unless Biden goes directly after Putin himself and, and addresses him and name him and sanctions him, he doesn't care if his people struggle, if the people don't eat in the villages. He doesn't, he couldn't care less. And good luck get, getting him to give territory back down, down the road, if that's some sort of a hope, you know, that, okay, we're going to over time get this back. Good luck. This guy's been stewing for decades on trying to, to do what he just did last night. Yeah, I, this completely took me off guard. It really did. I, I always thought that because Putin is not a crazy guy. Um, he's homicidal, but he's not out of his mind. I, you know, he, I, he's not suicidal. So he's always cold. He's calculating. He, you know, national interest is the top of his mind. Geopolitics is the top of his mind. When he made that speech, uh, you know, a few days ago, I was like, that sounds like a madman. I, I, I that, that exact that really sounds like a madman. And it was so you know, orchestrated as such, I thought it was an act. I really did. Um, my my stance on this for a while has been, yes, I think Putin wants Ukraine. He wants it not for um, nationalism, nationalism, you know, because, you know, all of his stuff that he said, it's the homeland of, of Russia. I don't think he gives a crap about that. I think he purely wants it for geopolitical purposes. He wants strategic depth. And uh, he doesn't want hostile forces to ever have a chance to be in Ukraine. Um, but, uh, I always thought that what he was doing was kind of like, you know, bluffing as much as he could be as threatening as he could, but the end state goal was to further diminish NATO and you were seeing fissures, right? And we're seeing them right now. Germany's not really willing to go as far as everybody else. Germany's got their own issues. They've got economic interests in Russia. You could, Putin could very easily draw Germany out. Um, you have Italy. They're the, they're the same way. They've got you know their own issues, and they're they're one of the ones that won't fully commit to SWIFT is both Italy and Russia or Germany. Yep. Um, everyone's kind of divided. NATO. This is the irony of it, right? Uh, Putin knew how irrelevant NATO was. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't be so bold right now. He knows that you know we're not NATO is not what it used to be. But the weird irony here is he's actually making NATO relevant again. So with all of this action, he's kind of creating this monster that's going to come back from the dead. Um, the question is, how dangerous is that going to get moving forward? You know, we're one, you know, errant missile flying into Poland away from this escalating beyond what we would like to see it escalate to. Um, so I'm yeah, I'm still I'm still I'm still waiting to see where this no, eventually leads. How, how bad is this really going to get? Will Putin just do kind of like a surprise stop and say, okay, now I want these concessions? Um, or will he just go straight into Kiev, uh, put in a pep, uh, puppet you know, um, leader that he can manipulate? 
or will they just annex the whole thing anyway like they did in, in Crimea? Basically, at this point, right. all options are on the table. Yeah, I want to uh, I want to throw in. This is just really sickening to me um, personally. United States Senator from Hawaii, Brian Schatz, who uh, tweeted out earlier today. I want to get your take on this. He said it is more essential than ever that we rally around our president as he leads the free world in response. If your instinct is to try to turn this into a partisan political advantage or a viral tweet, step off the stage. And I'm like, you guys crapped all over Donald Trump, our president, by the way, for four years. You didn't support anything he did. You claimed that he was some stooge, some puppet of Vladimir Putin. And now all of a sudden you say we need to rally around our president. It's like, God, it's enraging to me. Yeah, me too. And uh, so are they saying that we should have just blindly agreed like most people did with George Bush when he was saying, let's go into Iraq? Um, right. No, I don't think that they would agree with that. But now we need to just all fully on board and not question anything at all. Like, I'm sorry, but, you know, I think conservatives are very torn on what we should actually do here. You've got some people like uh, um, uh, like Tucker Carlson that thinks that we should do nothing at all. And yeah. he says that, you know, Putin is just, you know, protecting his own borders. Um, you've got a large amount of conservatives that agree with that. Um, but I got to tell you, it's 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 really hard. You, you can't just dismiss the, the, where Tucker's coming from. I don't agree with Tucker uh, on that. Um, at heart, I am an isolationist, but I also think that we don't need to step completely step out of the game and get in and just let things like what's going on happen. I'm not saying uh, military troops. I don't think our troops need to be anywhere near there, but I'm all for giving them weapons. I'm all for doing sanctions that are meaningful to, to punish him, to stop him. But I don't think we should just turn a blind eye. Um, but, but Jason, don't you don't don't you think though? Don't you think though? This is a huge opportunity for us through an economic play. Just a, if I could just in hypothesis here say this: a Trump, for instance, not that I want to speak for the former president, but right now, okay, we're going to go energy independent. The reason Italy wouldn't pull the Swift card is they're energy dependent of Russia. Mm -hmm. That pipeline runs to France. France is saying, "Well, wait a minute. If you start, you know, stopping pipeline, okay, we'll supply you energy, Europe." The U.S. will sell you energy. We're going to claim territory back economically. We'll become the, the net exporter of energy. Italy will take you, buy energy from us. We'll make you a better, we're going to completely cut Russia off through just economic, an economic move, a, a proactive, swift economic move. But then I remember we've got a sleepwalking mummy at the helm that couldn't even think about an economic move like that. But I could imagine that that's there for the taking for me though right now go energy independent make a move on europe broker deals in the back door sell them energy and and just cut russia off completely yeah, then you'll no. see putin dance then he'll dance yeah for sure and uh, uh, regarding that sleepwalking sleepwalking mummy uh, blind faith towards this guy and just lining up behind him and just doing whatever he says I, i'm sorry but those same people i was just talking about conservatives that are split on this they're they're thinking in the back of their head wait a minute this is the guy that just basically called me a terrorist because i think another way or this yeah. is the guy that think that our country is systematically racist and he thinks that because of the color of my skin that means that i am racist no matter what i think just because of the color of my skin i'm racist they've been hearing this from these people now they're like i have to blindly follow this guy i have to just take right. his word for it that oh, okay yeah whatever you want to do in ukraine is fine with me oh, okay um am i also supposed to forget that you are one of the most corrupt politicians ever and that your family has been getting millions from the Ukrainian government. 
hey, I, are we just supposed to forget that now? That that has no bearing. Now, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying that should drive all of our decision-making and what we do about it, but I'm sorry, but I am going to bring that up. That's going to factor into my thinking on it's what a I factor. choose to support or not. Absolutely is a factor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw, if I could make this really quick, Sarah. Yeah, um, of course. Sorry for filibustering. Um, but, um, <laughs> I'm used to it a, with you, Jason. It's, it's such a strange divide where there's no middle ground on this. You're, I've, I've seen this in the conservative circle a lot, or the circle on the right. Is you either believe in like complete isolationism, uh, which I believe to in a to a point, um, but then you also cannot be on the side of well we should do something like there, there there's no there's no middle ground right you're either for doing something hardcore like you know like a neocon way or just complete there's no middle ground at all, and I saw a tweet from Tulsi Gabbard where she was blaming everything on NATO, and um, I actually don't like NATO either I think it's a relic of the Cold War. Um, I don't really see much of the point anymore. Um, but she just brought up the point that, hey, maybe NATO shouldn't have completely denied or shouldn't have just said, hey, we're not going to say that Ukraine's never going to join NATO. Well, that was already a thing. They were never going to let Ukraine join NATO, but they wouldn't say it. Now, I'm not saying that was yeah. the total reason because I think Putin was going to invade anyway. But you gave him a, uh, you gave him an excuse. You handed him the NATO excuse to go in and do it. And the same thing for the Biden corruption stuff. He's mentioned that he mentioned that in his speech a few days ago. Um, you, I'm not saying that was the reason why he invaded either, but you gave him the excuse. That's why this type of political corruption is so dangerous. Um, yeah, ran over, but it's it's, it's a <laughs> it's a weird divide right now where you can only, you you have to be dogmatic on either way. You can't. There's no nuance whatsoever. Yeah. yeah well, and I think that that's a great point. Uh, you know, giving giving these countries the excuse to do what they're doing, I think, will tie into. Uh, our next topic, which is what's going on between China and Taiwan. We're going to get to that in just a minute. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Built Bar. So um, I've been living off of Built Bar while we are at home because the kids are out of school and it's just my house is basically a zoo. I'm actually shocked that like no dog or cat or child or I maybe husband, I don't know, has come in here and just, you know, like interrupted the, the live stream. But it's chaos here. And Built Bar has been keeping me alive because it's a very quick on the go uh, snack but it's very healthy, it's high in protein, uh, it's low in calories, low in sugar, and everything is covered, all, the, all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate, so you are eating a protein bar that also tastes delicious. You're gonna think that you're cheating. The first, the first time that I ate a Bill Bar, I was like, I feel like I should feel really guilty about this, but I kept looking at the package, I'm like, really, 150 calories, that's it? Really, 18 grams of protein? Four grams of sugar? Are you serious? I don't feel bad about that at all. So for those of you who are looking to stay on track with your diet, you got to go over to built.com. Use promo code NEWS15. You'll save 15% off of your order over at builtbuiltbuilt.com. As I mentioned before, uh, what's going on? with Taiwan and China. So Taiwan scrambled its air force uh, earlier today after reporting Chinese aircraft in its airspace. Um, now, look, this is, this is, I think this is something that we have heard. This is not unusual, they would say, uh, that this happened, but it is at least interesting, the timing of it, um, because obviously China uh, has been kind of chomping at the bit to uh, invade Taiwan. And now that Russia has launched their invasion into Ukraine, uh, many are speculating that China will kind of use this to their advantage. And uh, they're looking at this and saying, 
actually, the West is pretty weak. So I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, do whatever I want to do. Um, Jason, let me let me pitch this to you to kind of fill in the gaps of, of what I am not saying that you find to be important in this particular um, conflict. No, you, you're, you pretty much nailed it. I mean, this has been going on for quite some time. Um, it's been ramping up over the past year um, and quite pretty alarming, actually. Uh, I think that the, the stat from a few months ago was that, you know, they had seen more air activity from uh, China's Air Force than they had ever ever um which which says a lot it also kind of it signals it's similar in, in the ukraine um uh, vein because you know no kidding putin was going to do this at some point i mean they he, they took crimea uh in 2014 they already took eastern ukraine they started massing troops hello like yeah we know something's going to happen Ta china is pr is projecting the same stuff you know they're they're by either by the, how they're talking or their military whether it's naval or air force that they're kind of pushing in on taiwan they're signaling what they want to do um and little things like not little things but big things like this like the ukraine invasion are more kind of like proof of concept of what they want to get done and what is possible that, that they can do and what the blowback will be um, that's yeah. why this is so important for them to respond strongly now, because if they don't, then China is like, oh, that's what we have to prepare for. Oh, they're going to sanction right. this, this, this and this. OK, we're going to insulate this, this and this. Um, you yeah. better believe they are taking notes big time on this. It's kind of funny. The not that's not funny either, but uh, <laughs> it's interesting that, you know, you hear people like uh, Biden and his you know foreign policy experts. They always talk about the rules based system in the world. Um, which has always been an illusion. Uh, it's always been an illusion. It's been an illusion since, you know, what was it, you know, uh, when Woodrow Wilson said that the League of Nations was going to completely eliminate war. Uh, then they have the economists agreed with them. They're like, yeah, the globalism will also eliminate the war because we'll be so intricately, you know, entwined with each other. It's bullcrap. There will always be a nation that wants more. Um, they'll always do in the interests what they believe is their interests. They're going to get it done. Um, mm -hmm. War is not eliminated. Um, things like Ukraine will, you know, happen all the time. They're going to happen again. And Taiwan, yes, if they don't, if they make the mistakes of 2014, and they don't heed the warnings of what was right in front of them, we're getting the warnings on Taiwan now. If they don't heed those warnings and start preparing now, it's going to happen. Yeah, the only difference for me, uh, and, I, and I hope you guys still have my video because I went down there for a yes. second. But yeah, um, yeah, we gotcha. Only difference for me here is is. You know, you can imagine that the CCP is sending, you know, Putin thank you notes. Thank you for the mock drills. Thank you for running for running the, you know, the drills for us because they are taking notes. And it's been a long time coming for the swing of the world superpower being the U.S. to go to China. People say Russia, 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 but China, really, that that is a massive threat. And I think they are looking at us at this moment and say, is it time yet? Do we make a move? So this is a... a, a to them, an amazing mock drill. It's not mock, it's real life. Real lives are being lost. But to China to say, okay, under a democratic, a liberal US reign like Biden and, and, and the party, this is what war would look like. Because just 14 months ago, it looked very different. They would not dare, neither, not Putin nor, you know, I don't think we're here today. If if Donald Trump is in the White House at all, even even the Ukraine. And so so I think this is dangerous for us. It's it's it shows weakness. And this administration has shown weakness to the world 
since the beginning. Remember, again, I'll remind us in Alaska, China coming in saying, you're no longer in a position of strength. You don't bargain from a position of strength, America. I think it's it's playing out. The the world yeah, really J- has Jason, 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 I will first, I want to, I want to get your thoughts, but I, I think it, Yaku mentioned he does not think we are here uh, right now today if Donald Trump was president. Do you share that view? Oh, I, I absolutely think that that's the case. I, I think that that's this is something that Putin wanted to get done in the long run. Um, but I think that I absolutely think that he waited for Biden and his people to get back into power. Um, yeah. I, th- I think in um, I think the when the Russians, you know, screwed around with uh, the election, which don't get me wrong, I don't think that that had a bearing on who won the, the election in 2016. But um, I think that that was a direct response to Hillary Clinton and her people screwing around with Russia's uh, election. We talked about that back in the day. Um, I think that this is I mean, what Biden and the uh, what Obama and Biden did to Ukraine in 2014. I mean, they actively helped in the Ukrainian revolution. Um, I think the Ukrainian revolution was a good thing. But I think what the Biden or what the Obama administration did to Ukraine um, after I think was absolutely criminal. Um, I've looked at the documents. I've looked what George Soros and the rest of them were doing in Ukraine. I think they saw it as a big cash cow. Um, But I think that uh, the Russians saw a change, something different in Trump. Um, The way he was talking about NATO, the way he was talking about national interest was just different from what the, uh, you know, the liberal think tanks and policymakers were doing under Obama and Biden. Um, So I absolutely think that he waited. Um, I think there could have been a different if if Trump would have been president right now. I I think that there definitely could have been swings in in the other direction. I mean, you know, we'll never know now, but it, it, it's it's sad that the people that created so many problems in the past, Obama, Biden, all their people just came right back to screwing up the yep. world, right back to screwing yep. up the world. Yeah, well, I mean, wasn't it Obama who was like on a hot mic saying we'll have a little bit more flexibility after the election to Russian officials? <laughs> yeah, to Medvedev. And he was like, I will transmit yeah. to Vladimir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's like... I just I can't possibly fathom any of this happening under President Trump. You know, they always wanted to hit him on being uh, unstable. And, you know, well, you just can't. He's just kind of crazy. He might go crazy. You don't want this guy having the nuclear codes. Well, it turns out that's actually exactly the guy you want to have the nuclear codes, because all of the other world leaders realize uh, we don't actually really know where he's going with this. So we better not screw with him. With Joe Biden, it's like. Yeah, no, this guy's half asleep and half dead. So I guess we'll just do whatever we want. There's so yeah, many. Remember, tr- yeah, sorry, Jason. Remember Trump, the, the, the famous tweet to Kim Young when Kim Young says, I have the nuke button on my desk. And Trump goes, Tell him I have a nuke button on my desk and mine works. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that deters people. They're like, yeah. This dude may push the button, you know, and it puts them in play. It, it levels, it, it, it makes the playground a safe place. When someone walks out and smashes a bully in the mouth, they go, okay, we can all play now, right? And so where's the bully now? It's Vladimir, and it's the CCP. And so they're going to try to take the playground. Uh, President Reagan, he, he, the proof of concept for strength is good deterrence uh, was proved, you know, during his, uh, you know, eight years in office. Um, Biden administration was anything but I mean, it, it was it was it would be strength to say we're going to continue sanctioning uh, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. We're going to keep those sanctions in place. And if anything it looks like that thing's moving forward, get ready for additional sanctions and they will pummel. That's strength. 
um, you know, leading NATO and saying, look, why are we being having so much subterfuge on whether NATO is going to do any more expansion or whether NATO is going to admit Ukraine? Like if I'm president, I'm like, wait a minute. It hurts nothing for us just to reveal what the truth already is. Yeah, fine. Uh, Putin, we'll give you that one. We're, we're not going to admit them into NATO. It doesn't hurt us. Uh, it helps Ukraine because then they're not threatened because of that excuse. And then Biden is, uh, and then I'm sorry, Putin is forced to come up with a different excuse, which we can then have strength on and de and defeat in the future. There's so many different things that they could have been done to show strength, but they've been weak. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to uh, I want to go ahead and switch gears here and talk about what is going on in Canada. But first, I want to quickly thank our sponsor, Genucel. So. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, have you, like I have, reached the age when dot, dot, dot? Well, this applies here as well. Uh, you know, you wake up and you look in the mirror and you're like, why do I look 100 years older than I actually am? Um, and specifically, I think that the pandemic has aged all of us. So I think all of us are looking in the mirror right now and like we're like, gosh, I feel like I did not look this old like two years ago. Well, I have help for you, okay? It is Genucel. They've got, uh, they've got a bunch of anti-aging uh, treatments. They've got things for fine lines, forehead wrinkles, under eye puffiness. They've got an amazing product for under eye puffiness as well. Um, I actually am wearing right now the anti-aging primer underneath my makeup. So ladies, those of you who, uh, you know, you do the makeup thing every day, like I do, their, their anti-aging primer works wonders, makes your skin super duper smooth, uh, very soft and hydrated. And uh, Genucel has a retinol alternative cream that uses clinical concentrations of uh, a natural alternative to correct red inflamed skin and even out skin tone. It's all made for sensitive skin. It's effective hydration for all skin types, perfect for men and women. So Whatever it may be that you are having problems with, if you are looking in the mirror and not liking what you are seeing, you got to go head over to Genucel. You can get Genucel's Ultra Retinol Cream for free when you order their most popular package at over 60% off, by the way. So that's a deal on top of a deal. It doesn't get better than that. Get an extra discount, by the way, entering my special promo code Y, that's W-H-Y, uh, at checkout. If you bundle, by the way, your skincare faves at the new genucel.com, you will save an extra 10%. So I just said it doesn't get better than that, but it actually does. It got way better than that. So you got to go there. It is genucel.com slash Y. That is G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Y. Let's switch gears here over to what's going on in Canada. So Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, which, you know, we're doing this remotely, so I didn't want to include a bunch of video clips uh, because I'm actually controlling everything here on my computer today, unlike yesterday when they were doing it at the studio. And I didn't want to, I mean, look, if there's something to screw up, technically I would screw it up. So I didn't want to include <laughs> any of the video clips, but uh, there is a video clip, which I'm sure the audience prefers that I don't play uh, soy boy Justin Trudeau. Uh, giving any sort of press conference, but he did announce yesterday that uh, the threats from those big old bad mean truckers are over and that he is rescinding the emergency powers used to quiet the occupation. They also said that uh, they were lifting the freeze on people's bank accounts, which is, that's just really nice whenever like your dictator, uh, I'm sorry, did I say, I meant prime minister, whenever your um, prime dictator 
like lifts all of these frozen bank accounts and allows you to live your life as normally. It's really great. See, the only problem, you guys, is that um, as far as I know, the uh, a lot of the the federal uh, anyway, the national Canadian vaccine uh, issues are still in place, still at hand. There were a couple local uh, provinces that rolled back their their uh, vaccine passports and some of their mandates. But um, but I I just I worry that uh, the Canadian government won in this. What do you guys think, Jason? I'll start with you. I absolutely agree. I don't know if you've Glenn Greenwald wrote a really good piece uh, a few days ago, and it was all about the silencing of dissent in uh, in the West and how governments that's that's their main goal now. The left is moving into a phase of look, they're not used to being challenged. Um, they have been getting taking a beating in the in culture, which they're not used to. Um, you know, like CRT in schools, um, things like that. They're not used to pushback from the right. Because normally we just kind of like sit at home and complain to each other. We don't mobilize and hit the streets or hit, you know, school boards. But we did for this. Um, yeah. COVID uh, mandates, all that. We're coming out in force again. Um, and we're getting a lot of allies from the, from the center and even some from the left. And we're going out and actually protesting and mobilizing. That scares the crap out of them. So now they're moving into another phase. Um, you saw it with January, the January 6th stuff, the January 6th committee. We know what that's all really about. You know, they really, does that grandma need to spend three months in jail? You, you kidding me? <laughs> stuff like that. Like this is designed to intimidate. And I think that that's what uh, Trudeau um, starting their the, um, implementing the emergency powers was to intimidate. Um, that was to say, look, if you feel like you have a dissenting voice, this is what I'm going to do to you. They don't have to keep it permanent, even though they were, uh, you know, discussing that. They don't have to. They have that now in their bag of tricks to where if you want to have the audacity to stand up to the government and say, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what we believe in. This is not what America or Canadians are all about. Okay, I'm pushing the button again. So this is meant to shove into everyone's faces. If you dare to be dissent, uh, to have any kind of dissent, this is what's going to happen. So, yeah, I, I think that I think that the Canadian government thinks that they won because they think they've intimidated mm -hmm. people. I think and I never would have said this before, I guess, because I just didn't really know Canadians that well. But I think that they're misjudging their own people. I think yeah. there you go. I think that they are. And I think there you go, brother. This is there you go. Come on now. This is me rallying. This is halftime speech, baby. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something. What happens to an athlete when you get smashed in the mouth? The game slows down, you wake up and you go, okay, I'm not gonna die. They didn't die. Yes, old women got run over by horses and trampled, but they sniffed blood. The, Amer the, the Canadian people sniffed blood. The American people are sniffing blood going, wait a minute, they're weak. We can actually take them. We can take the government. We can take school boards back. Canadians, I'm telling you today, you sniffed and tasted blood, you'll go again. And round two, the nerves won't be there. You'll have stronger, you'll have strength, you'll have strategy as well. You go again. And remember one thing, Trudeau, you didn't get a new breed of truckers. The same people you just ticked off are gonna deliver your food next week, dude. It's the same mm -hmm. truckers that's still gonna run. It's the same people. This is a, for me, having lived in Canada, this was a huge victory for the Canadian people. May you remember, this is like V for Vendetta. Remember, remember right that time mm -hmm. when we stood up and we held the fort for two three four weeks yes okay they sold our trucks 
Next time we come, we're going to come like thunder. I think this is huge. Just come again. Round two, round three, round four. Don't let up. They're cowards. Biden, Trudeau, all these people, they're cowards. You got to push them. They will break. Okay, they will fold if you just keep going. Jason, I'm telling you, buddy, I'm in war mode. They got to keep pushing. Yeah, I, I think it's the, the miscalculation from the left, whether it's from the Biden administration, from its Trudeau, le, uh, leftist governments all over the world. It's, it's, it's just, it, it's very interesting to me because, you know, leftism over the, over the past decades, 100 years, they were like, we're for the working man, right? Like they're, they're always like, you know, blue collar Joe. Or, you know, like Bill Clinton was, you know, he, he was all about blue collar workers. And, you know, it's all been about, you know, workers of the world unite. Now it's they're they have now they have like the intellectuals, you know, quote unquote, the technocrats, the um, the, the big businessman now, which is crazy, are all going on the side of the leftists and they're leaving the workers behind. Now their attacks are directly on workers. I guarantee you workers of the world unite that backfired on them big time. They didn't think the workers, the truckers and all them were going to come up. They didn't think uniting meant uniting against them. They, you know, they thought they were on their side, but that's the miscalculation on this. And a lot of blue collar people are like, wait a minute, they're not on our side. Like they're trying to push us down. They're trying to put their boot on our throats. And I'm interested in seeing this play out. I don't know how they dig themselves out of that. They're already on that course. It doesn't seem like they can just do a U-turn. Uh, So I'm curious then, um, I talked about this on the show uh, yesterday about the so-called freedom convoy that's headed to D.C. I know there's been some talk of like everyone be careful because this could be a Fed infiltrated thing, um, you know, similar to what there were some reports of what happened uh, on January 6th. But um, what are your thoughts just just really quickly, guys, on this this freedom convoy that is that is supposed to be going to D.C. And of course, the what the National Guard uh, has been activated as well for that. Yaku, I'll start with you. Yeah, look, learn from the Canadians. It, it has to be peaceful, but you can take a firm stand, stand on your rights. We have more rights than the Canadians do, way more. Mm-hmm. And we actually have documents and we've got things backing us up that they didn't have. So if we're going to do something in this nation, do it right. Do it with the right sentiment. Know who you're going with, who's actually with you. Do your due diligence, proof and verify. Let's also learn from January 6th. Okay, let's learn. We have to look at history and learn where I said Glenn Beck and these guys built the, you know, the American journey experience. We learn from history. So learn from what just went down with the Canadians. Let's get smarter. Let, let's do this, but do it smart. I, I think it's going to happen, Sarah. I think something, they broke something in the middle class. They, you know, when that trucker said, take my truck, sell my truck, I don't care. That's his livelihood. Yeah. A trucker's truck is his life. It's how yeah. he's, he, his rig is his life, especially when they own him. And so many truckers today own their trucks, right? So for a trucker to say, take my truck, something broke in the guy to say, you know, que sera, sera. Esther in the Bible, if I die, I die, but I'm going to the king, you know, and so I think you're going to see this around the world. We've seen Australia. Um, Yeah, just do it right. I don't know personally much about the people organizing the D.C., uh, California, D.C. uh, truck convoy. Um, I would and you hit this as well, Yako, you be 
aware of who you're standing next to. Yeah. Be aware who's at your shoulder. If you don't be know aware that they point, will paint you as all of the bad things if you give them uh, just a little bit of uh, leverage to use. Right. And anyone that's organizing some of these things before you just run off, do your due diligence and find out who they, who they are. Um, absolutely. Because I, but it's absolutely possible. I mean, look, look what happened January 6th. It's absolutely possible. It's a fact that the FBI was involved. It's a fact that the FBI was involved with the, uh, what was it? The, uh, governor Whitmer thing. Um, you absolutely have to be aware of people, anyone at all. That's like, Hey, why don't you go do this? Why don't you go do this? You know, pushing you to do something illegal or something that's going to get you in trouble because that's really all they've got, you know, outside doing the Justin Trudeau, uh, or January 6th committee type stuff. Um, that's all they've got to paint you in a bad light and make you look bad, but it's never been more important than right now. One, for conservatives or even if you're not conservative you know if you're if you're if you're a centrist or whatever but if you're going to stand up for what you believe in if you want to push back on mandates and things like that anything that's taking away your freedom um you've got to get out there you've got to let it be known if we if we cease to let our voices be known and to tell them that no i'm not going to stand for this it's going to happen to us um but number two you just got to be very very careful and be very very disciplined in how you do it yeah, Jason. And Jason, one thing I don't want us to the mistakes I think we've made over the past, it's always DC, DC, DC. I want Americans to mobilize locally. Take the local fight, your own city. You don't have to even go to DC. This is your city. This really, we have to start thinking the way they think. They've Agreed. infiltrated local with Soros and Zuckerberg. We must take local back. Agree. Yeah, those are uh, all really great points. Um, all right. Well, I would just like to point out for the record, we've actually gone longer than a normal show. Uh, <laughs> so thank you guys for hanging with me and uh, doing this remotely. I All of the weather forecasts that I have seen uh, show that we should be, everything should be back to normal tomorrow. Am I, do, have you guys heard anything different, guys? Who knows? Is this Texas? Who knows? It could be 100 degrees tomorrow or zero. I know. I'm driving. Right. I'm driving anyway. So, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for global warming to show up. Right? Where is? <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. Where's global warming? <laughs> I know. We could really use some of that right about now. Yeah, right. Uh, all right. Well, guys, Jason Buttrell, Yakubuians, thank you so much for uh, for joining with me and hanging remotely. And uh, that's going to be it for us. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.